0: On Before the Best Seller, we talk with our favorite authors about the books they wrote and the stories behind how those books made it big. I'm your host, Alex Strathy, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. I've been following this next guest for almost a decade. From his book, When, to his most well-known book, Drive, Daniel Pink constantly takes complex topics, performs a ton of research on that topic, and then distills it into a framework that we then get to use to make our lives better. He's done this with selling, our internal timing system, our drive, and now he's done this with regret. In this episode, we dive deep into regret, which is the topic of his latest book, The Power of Regret. I make most decisions in life based around what I'm going to regret on my deathbed the most. It's easy to think you know what you regret the most, but based on his research, Pink gets into the four most common regrets, which he's actually recorded from over 16,000 responses. I've already started to use his framework on a daily basis to figure out what to do and what not to do. So let's get into the power of regret with five times New York Times best-selling author, Daniel Pink. Fantastic. Well, Daniel Pink, thank you so much for coming on here today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, I want to start it off with a passage from the book, which is, when I was a child, my mother would send me to a small local store for a few grocery items. I frequently would steal a candy bar when the grocer wasn't looking. That's bothered me for about 60 years. (laughs) What went through your head when you read this regret?
1: Well, that's not my regret, I just want to make clear, uh, because I didn't steal from grocery stores and I'm not that old. But uh, this is part. This is one of the many regrets that I've collected from around the world. And I guess what went, went through my head was that this person is bothered by what, what the rest of us seems like to the, what the rest of us might seem like a very small offense. And yet to her, it's really quite significant. And to me, it, it's a good example of what regret does for us. It actually clarifies what we value. This person values Honesty and integrity more than she might realize, and that's why it bothers her so much.
0: I think you mentioned that in another part of the book, where the fact that we have so many moral regrets shows that as humans, we genuinely do, you know, want to be good, and ultimately, you know, do care about. I, I think that's right.
1: I, I think that's right. I mean, th- um, that. You know, there's a, there's a reason You know, she's not alone. We have plenty of moral regrets. We have people who have regrets about marital infidelity, people who have regrets about bullying, people who have regrets about cheating in student elections, people who have regrets about cheating on tests. And um, it's interesting that those things linger for so many of us. I think most of us do want to be good. And when we do things that aren't good, we feel bad about it sometimes for a very long time.
0: Yeah, well, you also so elegantly put out the fact that all of us see moral regrets so differently as well, uh, based on just what we value. And I'll let people read the book to, to get more insight into that. But moving on to another passage that I really wanted to highlight and also a connection to a personal you know, uh, question I have for you is, a life of obligation and no opportunity is crimped, a life of opportunity and no obligation is hollow. A life that fuses opportunity and obligation is true. Now I quit my high paying job in 2019 to start a business to avoid the boldness regret. But I wonder sometimes, am I now going to have foundational regrets? So how would you reconcile foundational regrets and boldness regrets?
1: Yeah, well, let's just, let's find what they are for a second. So, so foundation regrets are if only I'd done the work and these are regrets that people have about, about, um, spending too much and saving too little, Uh, These are regrets that people have about not taking care of their health, about smoking, regrets about not working hard enough in school. Boldness regrets are if only I'd taken the chance. And these are regrets that people have about not speaking up, about not asking people out on dates, about not traveling, and about not starting businesses. So just to give some setting for what these two regrets are. Now, um, I actually don't think that foundation regrets and boldness regrets are antithetical. In fact, I actually think there's an affinity between them. Um, that is, it's it's hard to take sensible risks if you are on a wobbly foundation. And I think that not establishing that foundation uh, it, when it's your own fault uh, prevents you from having a fully realized life, which includes being bold, uh, leading a psychologically rich life, being adventurous. Um, what's more is that very rarely were the reasons for the the, the wobbly foundation excesses of that kind of boldness. Um, usually it was about a lack of conscientiousness, a lack of prudence. So let's take. So, I've got a lot of people with regrets about spending too much and saving too little. But I don't think there was anybody in the foundation regrets about finances that had a fa- regretted their financial situation because they started a business, for instance. Um, it was, so again, the most of the foundation regrets were failures of prudence and conscientiousness, not excesses of boldness.
0: I love that you're able to point to. I mean, I believe it was what four thousand over four thousand responses you collected for for one survey, and then over sixteen thousand for for another. I love that you're able to point to those regrets uh, to answer that question because. Uh, that makes me feel a whole lot better. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh, that's, that's wonderful.
1: Um, yeah. But, wonder but, if- but, it, but, it, but it, but it should, it should. And and my guess is that my guess is that if we were to take sort of the counterfactual of your life. Okay. So we, so, so we have you in 2019 sticking with your job and, and not starting a business. And then we have you uh, in 2019 abandoning your job and starting a business. Okay. So we have, so Alex A and Alex B. Yeah. Then we, we uh, we go forward in to uh, we go forward 10 years from now so 2032. Uh, my guess is that the you of 2032 is going to regret not taking the chance much more than the you of 2032 will regret you're taking the chance even if it doesn't work out.
0: Yeah. No, oh, I love it. Um, how how does it feel having all these people expose their regrets to you, right? Like, you know, I just exposed, you know, something probably not as personal as a lot of the ones that you saw in the book, but what has it been like having so many people share such intimate parts of their lives with you?
1: It's been interesting and it's in some ways been heartening um, because, you know, when, when people tell you what they regret the most, they tell you what they value the most. So right now we have in the World Regret Survey, we have now we're over, tw- we're, yeah, we're over 20,000 regrets now from people in 109 countries. It's unbelievable. They keep coming in. And um, and what people are telling me is like, okay, I screwed up. I did this thing that I regret doing. But the reason I feel this way is because I value kindness. The reason I feel, I'm not saying that explicitly, but implicit in what they're saying is, the reason I feel, the reason I have this regret about bullying is because, I actually want to be a kind person the reason that i have this regret about boldness is because i don't want to waste my time on this planet the reason i have this 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 um regret about about um, a misconnection or not reaching out to a friend is because i value love so uh, so i found it sort of heartening i also think that the very, the very fact that people are doing this is, is interesting. The very fact that 20,000 people, as you say, Alex, have disclosed their regret to a complete stranger, that itself is telling. It, to me, it, says, it suggests that people want to talk about this. And the taboo we have on regret, the taboo that says you should never look backward, you should always be positive, that regrets are not worth considering, is, is just another piece of evidence, I think, that that's a foolish approach to life.
0: And I'm sure all these people are feeling better because as you talk about disclosure is one of the ways that you can feel better about regret. One of the ways that you talk about dealing with regret is taking a step back and looking at things in third person. That was like one of these huge aha moments for me because I actually I, I started to do that. I was like Take yourself out of the emotional situation, look at it third person, like if you were giving advice to a friend, I think is the example uh, you used. Maybe you could dive deeper into how viewing a past or present situation in third person can help you move through it.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's that technique is a very important way in extracting lessons from from, from from our regret. What we want to do is we want to actually, when we make a mistake, we want to treat ourselves with kindness rather than contempt. We don't want to lacerate ourselves for that. We want to, as we were talking about before, we want to disclose it because that's an unburdening. Converting this abstract emotion into language is a way to... Defang it to make sense of it. Um, But then we actually want to learn something from it. And the thing is, we're not very good at solving our our own problems. So we want to do what's called self distancing, which is get some removed from it. And as you say, one technique for that is talking to yourself in the third person. I love the technique of, of, Asking yourself, "What would I tell my best friend to do?" I think that's one of the best decision-making tools that we have Uh, for business for people running businesses or people who are in leadership positions. There's another one that that comes from Andy Grove, uh, former CEO of Intel. Who, when he was faced with a tough decision Would ask himself What would my successor do It's another form of self distancing uh, That you can self distance through time travel As we were talking about a little bit before Which is to say "All right, What does the, the me of 10 years from now Want me to do And those kinds of techniques are really, really useful. Um, Human beings are pretty good problem solvers. We just generally stink at solving our own problems. So what you want to do is approach your own problem in a sense from afar like you're somebody else.
0: Well, that's one technique of making sure you're taking lessons away from regret. There's many others. Right. One of our listeners, Kate Minahan. Uh, she reached out with a question for you, uh, which I'll read. Okay. Learning about the biggest regrets people have and realizing it's there to serve a purpose helps us to make better decisions. And you provide systems to do better in the book, right? A regret resume, regret circles, yeah. just talking about yourself and your decisions in third person, which we just covered. Right. What systems do you personally use daily? Now, like, I don't know, maybe you woke up this morning and, and you found yourself in a, in a one of those systems uh, utilizing it. Which ones do you use to work through the negative emotion of regret and use it as a guiding light?
1: I I think my favorite one, the most powerful one for me, and because it's because it's somewhat novel. First of all, I I use all of them. But the the most powerful one for me is is the practice of self-compassion, which is this gooey sounding thing that actually is extremely powerful built on a heavy bed of of research and with self-compassion what it what it says is it's 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 essentially how you frame your regret how you frame any mistake um, how you frame that and how you frame yourself so in the face of screw-ups and missteps we are often extremely harsh on ourselves Uh, even in the very way we talk to ourselves in our self-talk we you know we we criticize ourselves deeply. We swear at ourselves We 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 treat ourselves really poorly and self compassion says don't do that um, instead treat yourself with kindness rather than contempt recognize that your missteps are part of the human condition and uh, recognize that any mistake that you make any screw up any regret is a moment in your life not the full measure of your life and that 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 practice has been really really useful to me because you know my self-talk was has been for 50 years brutal um and The problem with it, the the problem, the the problem isn't merely that it's brutal, but it's that that brutality is ineffective. What's more effective is self-compassion. Treat yourself with kindness rather than contempt. Recognize you're not that special. So if I have a regret about something or you have a regret about something or or the, the I think her name was Kate has a regret about something. Believe me, I can go into my database and find someone with the identical regret in about five minutes. So your, your regret is part of the human condition and it's a moment. It's not the full measure of your life. And that's been very helpful to me. I take
0: that even more granularly. Can you give us an example of maybe a time you were going hard on yourself, maybe this past week and you use self-compassion?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think about that. Um, I don't know in the last I don't know if it's in the in the last um in the last week um I mean maybe you know uh, this is a small one, Alex It's not like super significant, but um like yeah, like I overscheduled myself, and so I was you know I think in the past I might have been you dumbass, what are you doing? you always screw this up in this way and mine was like, okay, whatever, you overscheduled yourself um that's a bummer. You know, fulfill your obligations and, you know, r- learn a lesson from it. and 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 what I did, actually, in the face of that, was um, you know, start drafting emails, saying all the stuff I couldn't do, you know, basically saying no.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to come on. You here. got in under the wire, man. Yeah, it sounds like it. I'm, I'm very excited about it. I, I've heard you on many other podcasts as well, and I don't think anyone else has gotten this out of you. Maybe we'll get lucky here. What are your biggest regrets?
1: Oh, I got a lot of regrets. Uh, I have a lot of regrets about, I, I have a lot of regrets. Uh, I, I have, I think the, the ones that bug me the most, I have a lot of regret. I have regrets about kindness uh, from when I was younger. Um, you know, I don't have regrets about bullying, uh, but I have regrets about being in situations where people were being excluded. People were not being people were being left out, and it wasn't like I didn't see it. I saw it. Uh, it wasn't like I didn't know it was wrong. I did, but I didn't do anything about it, and that really bugs me. And I've tried, you know, subsequently to be better about that, to be better about including people, to be better just to be a kinder person. Uh, overall, I, I mean, I'm am am I'm, 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 I'm that's an imperfect pursuit right now. I'm flawed in that sense, but I'm trying. Um, and again, I think it goes to the core point here, which is that the fact that I'm bothered by the way I behaved 30 years ago is a signal. It's a signal. I, I it's not a signal I should ignore. I shouldn't say, no regrets, nope, never look backward, but I shouldn't wallow in it and say, oh my God, I'm the worst person in the world. I'm the only person on the planet who's ever had failures of kindness. I should just be destroyed. No, that's a bad idea too. What I should be doing is saying, wait a second, I feel crappy about this. That's telling me something. It's a piece of data and that data is telling me what I value, kindness, and it's instructing me what I should do, be a kinder, more inclusive person.
0: Getting to use it as a tool, and yeah, it's funny you mentioned all the tattoos. I personally, my one of my good friends from college had no regrets tattooed on the inside of his lip, and it was, oh, that's it's smart. just so yeah. funny when you went over it. Uh, yeah. it was so yeah. true. But oh, we'll finish up this episode here with what is your favorite book and why?
1: Oh man, I mean, I don't know if I have a favorite. Uh, I don't know if I have a favorite book. I have many, many, many favorite books. Do you want to give me a genre? Or you want to? Uh... Let's go with nonfiction. Okay. That's a category. That's a big category. I don't know. I mean, I, I, there's so many books that have been meaningful to me over the years, I guess as a writer, the one that probably made the biggest difference was a book called bird by bird by Anne Lamott. Um, where, uh, which is a, which is a, a book about basically putting your ass in the seat and getting your work done.
0: Well, I'm sure that'll come in to play in this next episode. Uh, Daniel Pink, everyone, the book is power of regret. Uh, fantastic read. Make sure to buy it on Amazon and also, I believe, at uh, danielpink.com, I believe
1: is your website. Yep.
0: Uh, Fantastic. All
1: right. right. Thank you, Alex.
0: Thank you for listening. I know there's many other things you could have been doing during this time, and I hope you found this episode incredibly useful for you and your journey. And if you did or if you have any feedback, I would love to hear that in a review on Apple, that would be fantastic, or anywhere else that you are listening to this show. So thank you. And if you're the type of listener that is also an author or looking to be an author soon, feel free to email me at at alexatadvancedamazonads.com. That's alex alexatadvancedamazonads.com. And I'll add you to our weekly newsletter where I send out all of the best marketing tips I've ever heard from authors that I've had on this show and many of the authors that we work with. So I look forward to hearing from you if that's something you'd find useful. And either way, I look forward to having you back for our next episode.